Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. It is The Rob Carson Show. Welcome to it. Back on the air after a, uh, I thought a very good, uh, I had a very nice break despite it all. I enjoyed time with family and did a lot of cooking. I did try the new pizza oven. I got a, I asked for a pizza oven this year for Christmas because I'm tired of uh, crappy pizza. And uh, and New York destroyed me for pizza because uh, New York pizza is, is unbelievable. It really is. And I'm, I'm a... Pizza aficionado, I you know California pizzas and Chicago and Detroit, and I appreciate the deep dish and all that. And even even the Chesapeake and uh, in like uh, Maine, I guess is where the Chesapeake is up there. Uh, and and so I enjoy pizza, but New York ruined me for pizza. So I uh, got a uh, one of these uh, pizza ovens, and I got it going uh, night before last. Well, no, yeah, not, yeah, night before last New Year's. And uh, uh, my daughter was there. She had her friends and her boyfriend. They were doing a non-alcohol uh, little New Year's thing in our house. And, and I said I was going to make pizza. And so I said, okay, I'll try the pizza. I fired up the pizza oven and all that. Oh, I just destroyed it. It was terrible. Uh, uh, not not prepared, not ready. Uh, uh, his the pizza. Her boyfriend is David. He's allergic to a lot of stuff, and, and about half the time I'll make supper, and I realize I have something accidentally in there that he's allergic to. So when he's not allergic to something, then I, I ruined his pizza. So he made this pizza. I put it in the pizza oven. I ended up burning one side of it, ruining it. Uh, getting cheese all over the, the the board in there and the the base, and I just you know I need to practice a few. So it was terrible. I finished them in the oven. But I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get that pizza oven. I am going to, I'm going to get that pizza oven going. I'm going to figure it out. It just, the first run was not good. It was, it was not good. That's why when you get a pilot's license, you fly a whole lot before you try to take the plane in the air. Because, you know, something disastrous could happen, and, and that's what happened with me. Here's a big surprise. Are, are you ready? What, what percentage of American journalists are Republicans? Go ahead. What do you think? 50%? No, of course that's too high, right? Yeah, twenty. Uh, no, you're still really, really high. Ten, beyond high. All right. Yeah, four percent, less than four percent. Three point four percent of American journalists are Republicans. New study from Syracuse University Newhouse School of Public Communications found that just three point percent of three point four percent of American journalists are Republicans, which means that uh, ninety what six point six percent of journalists are nothing more than partisan hacks 
Really? I mean, that's essentially what it means. You watch the news lately? You notice it always has one bent? You notice they're avoiding things like uh, the impeachment, which is the grounds of impeachment we've never seen before. With so much evidence, it is, it is almost comical to deny that Joe Biden needs to be impeached. I mean, bank records, millions of dollars, no explanation where the money's coming from. Quid pro quo. I can go on and on. Uh, over 50 years ago, the study came out. 35.5% of re- re- respondents said they were Republican. All right? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, said they were, thir- they were Democrats. 25% said they were Republicans. 32 said they were independents. With a proportion of Democrats reaching a high of 44% in 1992. Now, the number of Democrats in the news media, uh, Republican journalists is only, Republican journalists, 3.4%. And I would assume that also goes with their uh, political thinking, leaning toward the left. And it should be very obvious when you look at the stories that they don't cover. Americans are backing Joe Biden's impeachment by a 12-point margin. Six in ten believe he was involved in Hunter's shading, uh, shady deals. You know why? Because they're not stupid. Yeah, that's the, yeah. I know, I know, I know, because they're not stupid. Yeah, uh, voters support impeachment of uh, Joe Biden, 47 to 35%. 58% say Biden was inappropriately involved in his son's business dealings. But don't let, uh, Corinne, don't let that stop Corinne Jean-Pierre from uh, continuing to uh, say there's nothing, nothing to see here. But you said it, Jonathan, there is no evidence. And it's not just coming from Democrats, it's coming from Republicans as well. There's no there there. Yeah, rhinos from hell. And it's so unfortunate that Republicans... Like two of them in Congress want to focus on the on on the president's family instead of the American family. We- oh my God, she said that. We want to work with them in a bipartisan way to get things done. We just talked about leading to your question. We just talked about a, a list of things uh, that I discussed that we discussed that we really need to. You're so full of crap. Your eyes are brown now. They were blue. They don't you know the song? Don't it make my blue eyes brown? Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Here's John Solomon, who is a, a tremendous uh, investigative uh, journalism. To give you a little what fur, give her a little what fur about the evidence. How do I simplify uh, the story? The evidence is very compelling. I got to tell a simple story. And I think the simple elements are Joe Biden lied to get the presidency. Joe Biden facilitated his family's influence peddling scheme by meeting with uh, officials and sometimes taking actions that were beneficial to the people he met with. Uh, and then Joe Biden engaged in a cover-up that included lying to the American people, lying at a presidential debate, uh, causing a false letter to be injected into the presidential campaign, and lying since he became president uh, on camera and in other places, lying at a presidential debate. I think that's an easy way for the American people to understand it. He lied, he profited, and he covered up. And I- There you go. That's pretty much basically it. And most people who uh, are paying attention realize that. And that's why Joe Biden will not be the candidate. He's going to buy hooker by crook. He's not going to be the candidate. Uh, but I would recommend that we don't try to take him off the ballot like they're trying to do Trump in uh, Maine and Colorado because we want him on the ballot as long as possible until we have to remove him, presumably because uh, you know his brain will completely stop functioning or he's going to be uh, impeached or removed from office. So there is that. There is, uh, there is that. 
This is uh, my Steve Bannon. I, I enjoy Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon is a smart guy. I was thinking about Steve Bannon this year. Steve has been uh, d- he's been uh, uh, persecuted by the uh, Biden administration. Um, he's been called a nut, even though he's never been a nut. He's a very well-informed individual. He's nothing crazy about him. I remember when uh, the first uh, uh, White House Correspondents Dinner. When Trump was the president, and uh, the idiot who was uh, who was in charge of the White House Correspondents' Dinner, and when, by the way, that that event is no longer relevant at all, he said, uh, "Where's Steve Bannon? I do not see him. Not see, not see him. Call him a Nazi, all right?" And uh, that's when I went, "Okay, all right. Well, uh, I kind of like Steve Bannon, and I and I like him ever since." This is what Steve Bannon has to say about the coming year of 2024 and uh, how the the enemies of the people in our federal government, the deep state, uh, have fear. They smell fear. This movement is ascendant. They understand this movement's got real power and force in back of it. They are think right now, if we don't do something, and that is decapitate leadership, that's one of the reasons they're coming after O'Keefe and Rudy. He means removing people from their uh, positions as the head of departments. And myself and everybody, Charlie Kirk with the, the stories, and another hit piece on Charlie. They're trying to decapitate the leadership, figuring that the sheep will just go off. President Trump has to be very careful. There are forces out there, dark forces out there, that have made a decision. That decision is that Donald J. Trump, regardless of what votes say, will never return to the White House in control because they understand once he gets back in, it's game over. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. The, the taking on the deep state, his knowledge base today, the knowledge base of people around him. Yeah. That's why the, my number one projection for 2024 is nobody knows nothing. Right. We have no earthy idea how this is going to turn out, no, except no. you have a irresistible force meeting, you know, a, a massive resistance. And so. This is going to collide, and remember, there's no negotiating, right? What, what we demand on the return to the original American Republic is non-negotiable. Yeah. What they've done and what they've done is non-negotiable to them. So that's where we are. One side's going to win and one side's going to lose. And they, for the first time, the first time, you can smell the fear. Yeah. And uh, I'll just tell you, uh, totalitarians don't generally stay in office very long once the people get wind of their abject corruption. I I use the uh, analogy of the twister board, the burning twister board, and how the mainstream media and the deep state uh, were playing this game of twister the last three years. And every time one of the twister circles would catch fire, they'd try to put it out. So over here, right hand green is Hunter Biden's laptop. And the FBI did everything they could to tamp down that story. And then left hand yellow, was uh, was the 51 Intel agents letter that turned out to be a lie. And that's, uh, you know, they're the, and then down here, what's his right foot red? Uh, that's uh, Russian disinformation. They tried to make it like Donald Trump was colluding with Russia, but it was a giant lie because Hillary Clinton was the one colluding with the Russians, and so was the FBI. So when truth is coming out, it, it's not going to end well for those in power. And the only thing is, what are they going to do in the meantime? And what are they going to do uh, as a desperate act in their life, the last dying throes of their leftist movement? That's what we have to be concerned about. And that's why I say, you know, you need to be, uh, you need to be diligent. You need to be, you need to be focused as the founders. Well, you know, you can, you can protest all of the nonsense in schools, but that's not the real thing. What you have to focus on is on what we have to do to get the country back to the greatest engine of individual and economic prosperity in the history of mankind. And there's no doubt about it. All of this kneeling during the anthem, all of this removing historical figures, 
all of this attempt to erase American history by the left, which is what Maoist revolutions do, they tried very hard to make you ashamed of America. But all you've really done is pissed us off. And we know that America is the greatest country in the world. That's why all of these illegals are streaming across the border. There's also some other nefarious uh, probabilities there as well. But they tried their level best to make us hate America and welcome in with open arms the, uh, the failed, dictatorial, communistic, Maoist regimes of the past. And we're saying no. So they're going to try and force it down our throats. And I, uh, I, I, I just, like I said, we got to stay focused. This is Reince, Reince Priebus. I never expected this to come out of Reince Priebus's mouth. This is the best quote I've ever heard Reince Priebus say. He used to be the head of the RNC. And here's what he said last year about the American people. I think you're all misreading the electorate. I, I think that the electorate is not looking for less blood. I think they're looking for more blood. Not I blood think that people are more angry about crime blood than they've ever been before. I think they're more angry about the border, the fentanyl, the sanctuary cities, the boys competing against girls in sports, schools out of control. I think, as I've said before, people are looking for a bigger middle finger this time than they were in 2016. And I think so no matter how you're, you're misreading this. I, this People are angry, yeah. And they and and on the other side, you know, you got President Biden, who's losing young voters, who's losing black voters. Uh, the polling couldn't be worse. And unlike Barack Obama in 2011, Democrats would have walked over glass for Barack Obama. Democrats today, they say 75 percent. We wish we had a different candidate. So it matters who you're running against too. And it also matters what the state of the country's in. And this is a perfect storm. Yeah. But here's, uh, this is Corinne Jean-Pierre uh, doing her level uh, best to impersonate uh, Baghdad Bob, who was uh, famous uh, in Iraq before the fall of Saddam Hussein. Even though there were military tanks from the U.S. right behind him, he said that there was no American president presence and, and that uh, Saddam Hussein would win. And she's doing the same thing. She's ignoring the millions of people who are saying this is nonsense and saying that everything is fine. How do you explain the groups that have supported Joe Biden for so long, Democrats for so long, now kind of looking around, actually, not and among young voters, too, not just that they're looking at, at Donald Trump, but they're looking at other choices. How do you explain them sort of straying from this president, from the Democratic Party? So I'm going to again, I'm going to be super mindful of 2024 as we're stepping, as we're into an, an election year. Mm. Look, we understand what the American people you stepped in it. went through these past three years, right? You caused it. We came out of a pandemic, right? A pandemic that we haven't seen in a hundred years. And when the president walked in. And we never held the country responsible for it, who we worked in tandem with to create the virus. And the economy was upside down. And so we get it. We get that it's going to take a little bit of time three years plus for folks to feel what the binomics has been able to do that's not something that i'm saying that's something that economists have said right it takes a little bit of time but doesn't mean it doesn't mean that the president's not going to continue to work yeah um continue to work uh he's on his 400th plus day of vacation right now so there you go let's take a break and come back this is the rob carson show Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we have a special guest. Her name is G. Von Fleet. 
Not to be uh, uh, confused with Greta Von Fleet, who is a, uh, a Gen Z band that takes its cues from Led Zeppelin. And they're really good, by the way. Uh, she's written a book called Mao's America, A Survivor's Warning. And she talks about uh, how, and, and what I said, that what we're seeing in this country is a Maoist revolution. I mean, they've used uh, some cues from other, other uh, uh, dictatorial movements around the world. They, they used disinformation. They declared that uh, if you disagree with the government, what you believe was disinformation. They got that from Stalin uh, the summer of 2020 and the, uh, uh, the uh, sacking of the, uh, uh, well, not, but the supposed uh, insurrection on January the 6th. They took cues from Hitler on that because uh, 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 Reich, uh, the Reichstag on January the 6th and Kristallnacht, which was the summer of 2020, uh, destroying businesses, terrifying people, all of this stuff. I mean, it's, it's fairly obvious. And, uh, and uh, she says that, oh, no, it's, it's really about Mao and Papa Umau Mao. And uh, so we'll talk to her at the bottom of the hour. Uh, this came out over the break here. U.S. intelligence officials determined that the Chinese spy balloon used a U.S. Internet provider to communicate. Well, I remember the day that I saw that spy balloon, and I, I literally felt the blood leaving my extremities. I said, wow. My immediate thought was some sort of a uh, magnetic pulse, electromagnetic pulse in the atmosphere killing all of our electronic devices. And then I thought, spy balloon. And then it proceeded across America, and the United States didn't shut it down, even when it was above Montana. You could shoot down that spy balloon above Montana and never hit anything. But they chose to let it hover, and it did, and it did, and it did. And it collected intelligence data from our most uh, secure and most secret military installations while it was there. Of course, China said that it was a weather balloon that accidentally drifted into American airspace, uh, and that was nonsense. They used an American Internet provider to relay information back to Beijing. The Biden administration had planned to keep the Chinese spy balloon a secret. This is a quid pro quo, guys. This is the quid pro quo. You get $10 million from CEFC. You get $75 million to the Penn Biden Center from the Chinese Communist Party. This is the quid pro quo. There's a lot of quid pro quo. It's payback. And for those of you, if you're Democrats, it means it's the payback. It's the payback. Bill Clinton is uh, being named as Doe 36. Doe! He'll be named in the Jeffrey Epstein court document set to be unsealed this coming week. Bill Clinton was good friends, traveled on his private jet, loved, dubbed the Lolita, Lolita Express over two dozen times, according to pilot logs. Yeah. Doe 36 is him. There's some other names that are going to be on the list. Uh, an alleged witness saw Bill Clinton with two young girls on Epstein's pedophile island in the Caribbean. Clinton's spokesperson denied the claims. Of course, of course, of course. Uh, this is Melinda Gates, Bill Gates' wife. And Bill Gates is expected to be on this list. Here's what she had to say about her hubby. You know, I think those are questions Bill needs to answer. Okay. You know, it was also widely reported that Bill had a, a friendship or business or some kind of contact with Jeffrey Epstein and that you were not, uh, that that was very upsetting to you. Did that play a role in the, in the divorce at all in this process? Yeah, unlike Hillary Clinton, she had the cojones to divorce the B word. Uh, and it's for bastard. <laughs> yeah, as I said, it's not one thing. It was many things. But I did not like uh, that he'd have meetings with Jeffrey Epstein. No. Ah, weird. And you made that clear to him. 
I made that clear to him. I also met Jeffrey Epstein Did exactly you? one time. Did yeah. you? Yes, because I wanted to see who this man was. Yeah, what? And um, I regretted it from the second I stepped in the door. He oh. was abhorrent. He was evil personified. Wow. I had nightmares about it afterwards. So, you know, my heart breaks for these young women because that's how I felt. And here I'm an older woman. My God, I feel terrible for those young women. It's awful. You felt that the moment you walked in. I didn't he realize was awful. that. Yeah. That's kind of weird. I'm not sure why that music is behind that, but it's part of the soundbite. But his wife was creeped out by Jeffrey Epstein. She divorced him because of his friendship with Jeffrey Epstein. And uh, there you go. So we'll find out later in the week who the other dose are. Coming up, uh, we've got uh, Jeevan Fleet, and then we'll get into this main Secretary of State taking Donald Trump off the ballot. Don't go anywhere. show of the new year and this is a guest that i've been wanting to have on my show for uh, a number of months i keep hearing her name and i uh, i remember when barack obama became the president and uh, rush limbaugh talked about on the first christmas tree in the white house when barack obama was the president and they saw a uh, christmas ornament featuring a picture of mao mao Zedong. he is a uh, uh, he led the uh, the the uh, uh, revolution in uh, in China resulted in millions and millions of people uh, dying, uh, and I went, huh? Either somebody's ignorant of history, or somebody kind of uh, appreciates what Mao did, and uh, and now it all kind of adds up. If you look at what's happening in our country, and we've seen uh, this uh, very left move of some in the country trying to force feed us all of this nonsense. I've seen shades of Stalin's Russia, Hitler's Germany, and above all. Mao's Communist China, and Xi Zan Van Fleet, the author of Mao's America, A Survivor's Warning, can attest to the latter. And she joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. Xi Van Fleet, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Well, thank you for having me, and Happy New Year, first of well, all. Happy New Year to you. Uh, Xi, you went through uh, Mao's China. You know how the revolution there happened. You see a lot of similarities. Uh, so do I, but you obviously were much closer. Tell us uh, what you've observed in the United States of America, particularly the last three years, that would portend some sort of Maoist revolution here. Yes, first of all, I think by now everyone probably have some idea there is something going on. And to me, there's no mistake, it is a full-blown Marxist cultural revolution. So I experienced Mao's cultural revolution, and the similarities are undeniable, and the similarities are terrifying. Now, one of the things that I, I noticed uh, certainly is uh, censorship, government censorship taking down uh, thoughts, the government involved, uh, outsourcing the restrictions on the First Amendment for opposing political views. Uh, how did the Maoist Revolution accomplish that, and, and what, uh, what similarities did you see in how the United States deep state did the same thing? First of all, after the communists took over China, and that's before even the Cultural Revolution, they established um, of course, censorship. Censorship means just there's one correct way of thinking. And, uh, and we were taught as young kids, and uh, everybody, the public, 
that there's one correct of thinking. That is uh, the party's way of thinking. And later, it, it, it becomes Mao Zedong thought. And then we have to unify as a country, and we have to think exact the same way. And that's Mao's way, and that's Mao's, Mao Zedong thought. And here is exactly the same, same thing. There's one correct way of thinking. And if you're not on board with the woke ideology, you are bigot, racist, uh, extremist, and, uh, you know, as parents going to school board, now we are uh, in um, domestic terrorists. That's exactly the same thing. So you uh, you know that uh, Mao used the uh, engines of government, the uh, the the judicial system, the uh, the uh, uh, police uh, system, the the uh, the like the version of the uh, you know uh, FBI law enforcement, I should say, uh, weaponized against those who would disagree with the government. Like I don't know the January the sixth protesters, like uh, uh, people protesting CRT. You're saying the exact same thing happened in Mao's China. Yeah, in Mao's, in Mao's China, especially in the Cultural Revolution, it was uh, uh, basically a youth revolution. It was the revolution carried out by tens of millions of young people called Red Guards. Those the people from uh, um, as young as elementary school to college educate, uh, uh, college students. That's how the Cultural Revolution was carried out by Mao's Red Guards. And we see the same thing here. We see the young people, the uh, 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 secondary school uh, kids and college kids. They were the main uh, force of the woke army. And because they depend on those people, these people have gone through the indoctrination. And in China, and of course, it's implemented by the CCP. And here, it has been implemented by the left since the 1960s. It has. I, I, I've been saying that, uh, I've been calling it the class of 1968. They are the ones who foisted this uh, Maoist movement on us. We we saw the first generation to be essentially immersed in it uh, since uh, primary school was, um, uh, was, uh, was, uh, uh, the millennials, and then really put the pedal to the metal on Gen Z. Uh, Gen yeah. Z, unfortunately, Gen Z kind of uh, caught wind uh, and maybe changed a little because the federal government destroyed their lives, shutting down their schools for two years, et cetera. So Gen Z has not been as reliably compliant, I don't think. Um, but but certainly the university system has cranked out a lot of Marxists. Uh, we've seen a lot of this uncovered. Do you do you feel better, Greta, now that we are seeing people reject this? Uh, do you feel a little bit better about this? And what can I? And, and I want to ask you this: What do you suppose, based on your life experience, does the deep state have planned for our country this election year? Yeah. First of all, I have to say that, as you said, the class of 1968, but those are the generations of Marxists that came out of uh, uh, universities, and where are they now? They are in charge of all, I mean, all our institutions. So people probably by now heard this uh, uh, expression, long march through institutions. So that has been completed. They are in control of all our institutions, from media to uh, to uh, uh, government, political parties, to our militaries, uh, even to our 
churches. So that's why we find ourselves in, you know, when we woke up, I would say some people 2016, but most people definitely by 2020, they can hardly recognize our country because it's been quite revolution since the 60s. And, and, yep. and that's what we are dealing with. We're dealing with a quiet cultural revolution that has been going on for decades. But people start to wake up. And that's a good thing. I think especially 2020. Since 2016, they have, those, uh, the left has turned up the heat a little bit too fast and too high. And uh, as boiling um, frogs that we all are in the pod, we realize we have been boiling alive. And that's a great thing. Even yes. though things look so bad, I think we have to realize that uh, many, many frogs realized that if we, are being, we have been boiling, you know, in the pot and then start yes. to wake up. So I see that as the silver lining, even yeah. though everything looks really, really, um, really depressing. It does, Xi. It does look depressing. And a lot of people are very worried about the uh, the future of the country. I mean, if you let yourself dwell on it too much and you look at the southern border being open and you look at the people who are being ushered in and you see, uh, you know, the federal government uh, basically uh, ignoring the, the needs of the American people as they suffer through horrific inflation, among other things, the military recruitment is down. Uh, like I said, the southern border is open. A lot of people are thinking, you know, they, 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 your 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 mind wonders as to how far this iteration of the deep state federal government would go to stop the American people from uncovering all of this and turning things around by electing, say, Donald Trump. Yeah, I have to um, um, warn people. I have been doing that, and we are no longer dealing with uh, leftists, and then you know some you know. Um, Old Democrats, they've just gone kind of crazy. No, we are no longer dealing with old school Democrats. We're dealing with communists, Marxists, and they will, uh, for power, and they will do anything necessary, anything. And so we just have to use our imagination. There's nothing that they won't do in order to, um, to, uh, to get power. So I, I, I don't know what we will we'll see in 2024, but this is absolutely the most crucial year in my lifetime, I would say, in most Americans' lifetime, and I think probably in the lifetime of this republic. Yes. I agree. And when you see how the uh, the main front runner for the presidency is being uh, has been hounded for seven years, two impeachments that went nowhere, one after he left office, a raid of Mar-a-Lago, four political indictments coming down at the same time, states across the country, uh, but groundless lawsuits to get him off the ballot, uh, you know, and, and it makes you wonder what they will try next. Will they try to kill Donald Trump? I know there, yeah. there are people on the left. There are people on the left who want Donald Trump dead. I'll just say it. They do. They do. And, and nobody wants to talk about it. It's like the old jinx it or whatever. It's, it's a bad uh, ju- juju or whatever. But, but people need to be aware that the left will do anything. They will do anything. anything. They, don't, they disregard humanity. Yeah, I would think we should really start calling them American uh, Marxists. Just like uh, you know, Mark Levin's book, American Marxists. They are yes. Marxists. They are communists. 
they're not the same that can you you think about CCP, you know, they want to, you know, bring about socialism, they're going to bring about communism. No, they use this because this is the proving the most effective way to get power. It's all about power. Yes. Well, Jivan Fleet, I, I greatly appreciate you joining me today. You're welcome to come back anytime. Uh, I've, I've been following you for a while, and I've heard you on other shows, and I'm glad you were here. Uh, I, I like to think that 74% of the American people don't think the country's going in the right direction. So maybe uh, the 74% of us who love the country can come together to save it. Um, and also, this sort of revolution has never taken place in a country that had the First Amendment backed up by the Second Amendment. So I'm hoping hoping that we'll be able to turn this back, but I do appreciate you being here and sharing your perspective. Where can people find you on social media? I know your book is called Mao's America, A Survivor's Warning. Where can people find out about you, G? Please follow me on X, formerly known as Twitter. I tweet every day, and I tell people the parallels of these two cultural revolutions and I warn people, and so please follow me. And it's X V A N F L E E T. All right, G. God bless you and have a glorious new year. And I believe that freedom will prevail. And I, I am glad that the Marxists and the Maoists have exposed themselves because this gives us the opportunity to see them in the daylight that we need to kick their butts. How's that sound? Sounds great. <laughs> All right, G. Have a glorious day. It was nice to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right. Hey, everybody. I got some good news. You guys ready to hear the good news? This coming from Brian, my producer. Sit down. Harvard President Claudine Gay has resigned. She's resigned. I, you know, I'm kind of disappointed, to be quite honest, because I wanted to see Harvard figuratively go down in flames. I really did. Uh, Harvard is ruined has ruined its reputation for at least a generation, at least a generation, by backing this idiot, by putting this, this, this person in charge of Harvard, despite her incredible lack of, of experience and intelligence, the fact that she is a DEI hire who doesn't possess the skills or, or like I said, the smarts to be the president of Harvard, a woman who's, who's based her entire career on the works of others without giving them credit, she's gone. She has resigned. Happy days are here again, guys. That, uh, you know, like I said, I kind of wanted her to stay on. I wanted Harvard to keep going down this road because they're destroying themselves. Uh, you know, Napoleon had this wonderful uh, expression. It was, never interrupt the enemy in the process of destroying itself. And uh, it looks like Harvard may have actually done that. Finally, they have said, uh, well, they have accepted her resignation. I'm sure she'll get, you know, massive, massive payout, massive settlement, uh, anything to keep her quiet, not using the R word for racism. She's going to be uh, sitting pretty, uh, and, uh, you know, she'll probably be offered some sort of other academic uh, position at some other uh, worthless institution. But uh, Claudine Gay is no longer the president of Harvard, and Harvard will take at least a generation to, uh, to bring its reputation back. Because right now, Harvard, uh, to a lot of people, particularly those of the Jewish uh, religion and persuasion, uh, uh, say screw them, defund them. That's how I feel about it. So there you go. Good news. Good news on this first day back from vacation. Let's take a break. This is The Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere.
I listened to a lot of music when I was on my break. This is Coulter Wall, country artist. This uh, He sounds like Johnny Cash's ghost. <laughs> it's remarkable. Remarkable. Hey, we got Rich in Joppa wants to comment about Claudine Gay resigning from Harvard. Hello there. Rich, how you doing, brother? Join in with me. Ready? <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Ready? Which is it? Which is it? Which is it? Yeah, got you. Good. <laughs> hey, 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 listen, man. Yeah. I call it, I've been calling it the, for 10 years, I've been calling it the Poison Ivy League school. Oh, yes. They, do. they poison everybody. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They poison all their students. They poison the country. They're, they're, it's just poison. That's all they, that's all they teach is poison. Well, Rich, and I said this, uh, and by the way, thanks for saying that. My friend Chris Plant's been calling it Poison Ivy for a while now, but I guess you know maybe you had it, but you're right, you're spot on. And I said at the beginning of this, I said, why should American parents expect their kids to go off to university and come back America-hating, family-hating Marxists? And I'm hoping that, and I and I said the expo, exposition of all of this leftism, and particularly with uh, anti-Semitism, has exposed the uh, what's going on in university campuses, so we can kick the movement's ass. And this is the first step. We had the UPenn president step down, and now we got uh, now we got Claudine Gay, and I think it's a good day for America. Although it's going to take a generation for Harvard to get back its reputation, if it ever does. Both of my daughters went to university as conservatives, and they came out WTF. I know, I know. And there's no reason why you as a parent should expect that. And I say to any university system that espouses that, you can go straight to hell and straight out of business as far as I'm concerned. I mean, fortunately, one of them's a, a Baltimore City school teacher, and she sees what's going on. She sees that the privilege is having two parents in the house. That's the privilege. But she sees it with the kids, and the kids that do well are a lot of the kids that are um, are, are foreign kids that have a mom and dad at home, and she's they're starting she's starting yep. to see the light. Well, and they're also seeing that this DAI, DIE stuff is not DIE. It's not DIE. It might as well be called DIE, but DEI is nonsense, and and even kids uh, of color uh, resent people moving past other people who are more intelligent i'm not black you're saying black people are on it no i'm not i'm saying that the most qualified the most intelligent the best performers should have the privilege of going to these universities that people should not be moved up for the color of their skin that's a, a direct Absolutely. defiance of martin luther king jr for god's sake I watched this wrap-up about the year-end, and it was on one of the liberal liberal news stations, NBC, AB, I don't remember. You know, it's one of the year-end things they do right before the Rose Bowl parade. And I'm watching the show, and they're like, and they bring up the whole Harvard lawsuit. And the only people they interviewed about how bad it was were black people. Uh-huh. But guess what? It wasn't black people who brought the lawsuit. It wasn't white people who brought the lawsuit. It was another minority that brought the lawsuit. Asian they people. That part. They, yeah, exactly. they yeah. that part. Caucasians are not the most successful race in United in, in the United States of America. <laughs> yes, it's it's uh, Asians and and uh, and uh, uh, Indian people. People from India. They're the ones who are Absolutely. kicking people. They got a higher income and everything, and they're doing better in school. And you're exactly right. right. 
It's because of tiger moms and tiger dads. It, it's, exactly. it's because of parents being involved and loving their kids. It means a lot. And I'm not saying that doesn't exist in the black family. I'm not saying it doesn't exist in the white family. But uh, the most successful kids are the ones who have parents who love and nurture them and want them to learn so they, they can succeed in life. All right, Rich, thank, thanks for the call, man. Great to hear from you. Let's take a break. This is The Rob Carson Show. Hey guys, it's Carson. You know, everybody knows the next medical crisis just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's where the wellness company comes in. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust and their new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z From anthrax to tick bites to COVID, even a bioweapon like a plague, the Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics on hand to make sure you and your family are safe from whatever the globalists throw at us next. Go to www.twc.health slash Carson. Again, twc.health slash Carson today and order. That's twchealth slash Carson and use the promo code Carson to save 10%. This is the Rob Carson Show. This is the Rob Carson Show. Back from uh, a little break. Spending some time with the family. Ready to start. 2024, which will prove to be the most challenging in our history, I believe, absolutely 100%. Because you know why? Because uh, the left has been uh, gnashing its teeth and using the media and using the deep state to destroy conservatism for decades. I I like to call it uh, conservative apartheid. And they decided in the last three years of Joe Biden's presidency to put the pedal to the metal on censorship, on using the DOJ, the Department of Justice, to go after Donald Trump and his followers. And uh, they will do anything to prevent Donald Trump from becoming the president again. And so, uh, like I like to say, stay focused as the founders. Stay focused as the founders. Be ready for anything. Most importantly, come together to save our country. That includes you liberals, not leftists. You leftists, get the hell out of the way. You will be a speed bump on our road to getting us back on the constitutional footing that created the greatest individual engine of economic and individual freedom in the history of mankind. So, there you go. Uh, This is from the Harvard Crimson. (laughs) It was a bloodbath. It was like a crimson bath over at uh, Harvard. Harvard President Claudine Gay will resign uh, today, bringing an end to the shortest presidency in university history, according to a person with knowledge of the decision. University Provost Alan Garber will serve as Harvard's interim president during a, a, a search for Gay's permanent successor. The Harvard Corporation, the university's highest governing body, announced in an email Tuesday. 
Gay's resignation just uh, six months and two days into her presidency comes amid growing allegations of plagiarism and lasting doubts over her ability to respond to anti-Semitism on campus after her disastrous congressional testimony December the 5th. Uh, by the way, she's also a DEI woke activist who's not qualified to be the president of Harvard. That's just it. And uh, I guess if I was looking for a comparison, and this isn't about race, so knock it off, but we've got a Supreme Court justice who is another product of uh, DEI. Uh, she was Katanji Brown Jackson, doesn't even know what a woman is, and she made it onto the Supreme Court because Joe Biden said we had to have a black woman as the next Supreme Court justice. Do you, do you see? You see what I'm doing there? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's without a doubt. He said it. He discriminated. He eliminated everybody in the running but a black leftist female. And that's what you get. That's what you get. And I hope that it takes a minimum of a, 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 a generation for Harvard to come back. I'm actually rooting that it never does. Because honestly, uh, Harvard. I mean Harvard. Please. <sighs> Harvard, the university that you can go and become successful because you'll get hired by other people who uh, went to Harvard. Uh, Harvard, you're book smart, but it doesn't mean you're real smart otherwise. I'm not talking about all Harvard grads, by the way. I know a few Harvard grads. I'm just saying, you know, maybe Harvard needed a little uh, kick in the butt for going down the DEI uh, nonsense uh, rabbit hole and, and discriminating against Asian people and discriminating against people who had better grades, who worked harder, who were academically more successful than, uh, than some who were allowed in because they were supposedly some sort of uh, uh, a group that was uh, discriminated against in the past. See, this is what happens. Is it a surprise when you put somebody in a position of power because of their skin color and because they check a couple boxes and ignore their history, ignore the history of plagiarism that she has had her entire career, ignore the fact that she's published very few papers and the papers she has published, she stole from other people. But there you go. I, I, I just love this. So glorious. This is a headline for you. DEI looks to be on its deathbed after woke giants announce slashes to diversity budgets. Pro-Black Lives Matter corporate giants Google and Meta joined a growing list of virtue-signaling companies that slashed their diversity budgets in 2023 amid a rough year for the tech industry. Some companies have laid off DEI staffers and leaders of diverse employee resource groups. That means anybody, you know, it means whitey. And Asians, Indians now, people from India, they're, they're also, yeah. Uh, because, you know, Indian people and Asian people are outperforming whitey. I mean, honestly, even more successful than whitey right now in America. And, and you know what? I don't care. I, I, I say whatever you want to do, man. Be the best you can be. Be the best you can be. When, when I was in school, guys, I worked myself nearly to death in high school and college. My senior year in high school, I, I, I was on honor society. I was a, uh, I was a uh, uh, all state speech uh, performer for four years. I was an all state in all state choir. Uh, I would get off the at school at one thirty in my senior year because I had earned so many credit hours. I could go half day, and then I'd go to work at a truck stop from two to ten p.m. 
And then at 10 p.m., I'd go home and get in bed by midnight to get up at 6 o'clock to go in for practice for whatever uh, I was doing, whether it be choir, whether that be speech, whatever. College, I worked seven days a week on the radio my senior year. Seven days a week. Busted my butt. Wanted to be the best I could be. It wasn't because of skin color that I got there. When I got out of college, I was so glad to be out of college because I had nearly worked myself to death. And I do it every day in my career. I, I out prep, I outwork more than most because I realize what's on the line here. And I want to be the best. If you just get put in a position because of your skin color, nothing good is going to happen of it. It's not going to make anything better for the lives of people who are uh, traditionally, I guess, discriminated against. It's not. It's just going to make it worse. By uh, uh, mid-2023, DEI-related job postings had declined 44% from the same time last year. According to CNBC, that's a sharp contrast with the period from 2020 to 2021 when they expanded 30%, so they're all dying. This DEI nonsense is dying on the vine. I love it. Air Force Academy is blasting the end of race-based emissions, bemoaning the loss of DEI standards. The Air Force Academy's top official worried the Supreme Court's decision last year that race-based admissions were unconstitutional would set back the service's warfighting imperative of building a racially diverse military, according to emails obtained by the Daily Caller News Foundation. On uh, June 30th, 2023, Lieutenant Richard Clark, Lieutenant General Richard Clark, Dick Clark, everybody, the Air Force Academy superintendent wrote a review of the consequences of that Supreme Court decision striking down affirmative action could have for the service academics, uh, academy's abilities to judge candidates on the basis of race, according to emails obtained, blah, 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 blah. Look at our military right now. Do you think it's better off since they uh, started doing DEI nonsense? Oh, no, it's a lot worse off. People don't want to join. They don't want to join. The latest ads for the Army feature only white guys. I know, I know. They, uh, can, you look at the latest one. It went from the, uh, the, the woman who you know, was in the Army because her two moms got married and all that, you know, and which was a cartoon. It wasn't literally a cartoon. And now, literally, in a helicopter, just white guys because maybe they're realizing you, you just pissed off a whole lot of people who are a big core of your, of your uh, fighting force. And by the way... Black soldiers, white soldiers, uh, Asian soldiers, all have come together to fight for this country. They weren't divided. They were brothers in arms. But for some reason, the military decided to go down this road. This is, uh, oh, I, I got to share this here. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. This is a uh, uh, transgendered individual, a military member, speaking at the Fortune uh, Women in Power uh, Summit. And talking about, and this is literally, uh, born a dude, now a woman, in the military. Listen to this. So, inclusion is a national security imperative. No, no, it's not. It makes us weaker. If you consider, like, uh, you know, transgendered individuals who are going through uh, massive medical procedures uh, and, and subject to hormones and all of this, that doesn't make us stronger. Nothing against transgendered individuals. I'm just talking about the strength of the military. We fight today and we are going to fight in the future using brain power. And if that brain who's going to revolutionize... Brain power is going to win. Yeah, tell that to China and North Korea. ...the way we fight in space, we fight in cyber, just happens to be in a trans body, 
you should want them all serving alongside me. Oh, no, no, no. And for your organizations, it's the same way. Those perspectives that we get from a diverse set of individuals, it's been talked about on stage. Vladimir Putin is quaking in his boots. A lot regarding the science behind high-performing teams. We need those perspectives. But it's inclusion that actually drives that. No, no, not at all. Because you can bring people in, and if they don't feel safe, to speak up if they don't feel safe. Yeah, the last thing you want is people in the military who uh, who don't feel safe. To bring their full selves to work, you're not going to get the value of the diversity. So for us, it is... No, 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 no. See, um, all that matters in this military is that we get the best, the brightest, the smartest, and the strongest, and the ones who are willing to die for our country. Uh, diversity be damned. All right. I mean, if it ends up being black people and white people and Asian people and all signing up, then that's great. We come together to defend. The, the fact that you're diverse means nothing. The fact that the people who are in the military, regardless of their race, their creed, whatever, the fact that they're willing to fight for the country and defend it with their lives is what makes us strong. Not diversity. Diversity happens on its own. Fighting soldiers are depressed. Their morale is far from best. This is Jim Gossett, by the way. If you're sad, change your sex, they say. I'd be an ugly woman. Wear a dress and a pink beret. I don't think I can get heels in a size 12. The Pentagon is so woke. General Milley. He's a joke. Yeah, pretty much. Whoever thought you'd see the day when fighting men could be trans or gay. We must turn this mess around. I think we're going to. While sane people can still be found. Fire your missile is what they like to say. Yeah. Cause the DOD has gone really gay. <laughs> Trained to fight <laughs> on foreign lands. Trained in combat hand to hand. Well, yeah. Uniforms match their lipstick shade. Unicorns? Stiletto heels and a pink beret. Was it uh, Rush Limbaugh? He was saying the, the, the military is there to blow stuff up and kill people. Uh, people who are trying to kill us. That, that's, that's what it is. That's what it is. Do you, do you see the Israeli military doing this nonsense? See the Chinese military doing this nonsense? I hate to tell you this. Uh, China is not divorce. You ever, you ever watch the Summer Olympics? Uh, you ever notice the Chinese Olympic team, the, the thing that's common about them? They're all Chinese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, same way with uh, 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 Japanese army, uh, North Korean army, uh, Russian military. Not a lot of black people in the Russian military. <laughs> United States of America, you see our Olympic team? Everybody in the world. I heard Donald, Ronald Reagan over the weekend. I, I was reminded of a quote. He said, he said, you can move to France and you can become a citizen of France, but you'll never be a French. You'll never be a Frenchman. You can move to, you know, uh, Finland, but you'll never be Finnish. You can move to Russia, but you will never be a Russian. 
But if you move to America, no matter who you are, where you're from, you can be from India or Bangladesh or Chad or Niger or, 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 or Holland, whatever, and you can be an American. That's the most important thing. It doesn't matter about meeting quotas. It matters about desire to love America and defend her with your life. There you go. All right, I'm done with that. Let's move on and take a break, shall we? This is The Rob Carson Show. Dr. Gay, a Harvard student calling for the mass murder of African Americans is not protected free speech at Harvard, correct? Our commitment to it's free speech... It's a yes speech. or no question. Is that corrected? Is that okay for students to call for the mass murder of African Americans at Harvard? Is that protected free speech? Our commitment to free speech... It's a yes extends. or no question. Let me ask you this. You are president of Harvard, so I assume you're familiar with the term intifada, correct? I've heard that term, yes. And you understand that the use of the term intifada in the context of the Israeli-Arab conflict is indeed a call for violent armed resistance against the state of Israel, including violence against civilians and the genocide of Jews. Are you aware of that? That type of hateful speech is personally abhorrent to me. And there have been multiple marches at Harvard with students chanting, quote, there is only one solution, intifada revolution, and, quote, globalize the intifada. Is that correct? I've heard that thoughtless, reckless, and hateful language on our campus, yes. So based upon your testimony, Here we go. you understand that this call for intifada is to commit genocide against the Jewish people in Israel and globally, correct? I will say again, that type of hateful speech is personally abhorrent to me. It's personally. Who gives a crap what you think about it? Do you believe that type of hateful speech <laughs> is contrary to Harvard's code of conduct, or is it allowed at Harvard? It is at odds with the values of Harvard. Can you but not say here that it is also... against the code of conduct at Harvard? We embrace a commitment to free expression, even of views that are objectionable. Yeah, but not if you threaten uh, Jewish people and Jewish students. Not when students who are Jewish can't go to class because they're terrified. Not when you literally are cool with it. You know, I, I, honestly. And, and I just got a note from uh, Lee. And, uh, and let me get everybody my phone here. Uh, it was um, the other. Of course, Harvard will have to replace her with a gay, trans, female, mixed race amputee to save face. <laughs> Yeah, they won't replace her with a white guy. Maybe a Jewish guy. Maybe a Jewish trans. I'm thinking Jewish trans. Uh, the other less, I think there might be three of them. Anyway, the, like hockey players. Anyway, the other <laughs> lesson is she can survive. You just made a, a stereotypical. No, I'm making a joke. Dear God in heaven. The other lesson is she can survive minimizing Jewish genocide, but not plagiarism. In reality, it was probably the drying up of hundreds of millions of dollars from Jewish donors that was the problem. And I said, yes, of course. And that's what I said originally. I said, how stupid are you that you don't recognize some of the most successful people to graduate from your university a lot of the times they're Jews. I just wanted to tell you. you know, a lot of the times they're, uh, they're the Jews. And uh, so, you know, I mean, like, I had uh, three Jewish agents, you know, just the way away. Three Jewish agents. I mean, did I want to piss off any of them by saying that, you know, Jews should be driven into the ocean or whatever? Honestly, it, 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 the, the, the depth to their uh, absolute ignorance and stupidity is, is mind-numbing. 
is absolutely mind-numbing. And now Claudine Gay is no longer the prezi of, of Harvard. She is the, she's the uh, shortest tenure of any president in Harvard history, which shows that she's a moron. Speaking of morons, Shenna Bellows is the Secretary of State of Maine, and she decided uh, unilaterally to take Donald Trump off of the ballot, all right? Never allow him on the ballot. She, even though Donald Trump has not been convicted of insurrection, even the FBI said via Newsweek in 2021 there was no insurrection, Donald Trump's not been charged or convicted of insurrection, but she decided he did, and she doesn't even have a law degree. I want you to listen to this moron talk. Again, I am so mindful, and I, I said this in my decision, Okay, any person who up talks like that as an adult are not qualified to be in any position of authority. That it is unprecedented. No secretary of state has ever deprived a presidential candidate. Did you notice every sentence ends in an up talk? Of ballot access based on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Democrats put her in power. She wasn't elected. But no presidential candidate has ever engaged in insurrection. And he didn't and been disqualified under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Okay, this woman's uh, argument is flimsier than uh, wet bathroom tissue, all right? And uh, there are some people in the state of Maine who want to impeach her and remove her from office, and they should, because she's a dimwit Karen, and I think her best bet would be to be fired, impeached, and, uh, and adopt some more cats. That's what I think. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. If the left tells you to quiet down, get louder. It's the Rob Carson Show. Again, I am so mindful, and I, I said this in my decision, uh, that it is unprecedented. No secretary of state has ever deprived a presidential candidate of ballot access. That is Shenna Bellows. She is a moron. And she needs to be removed from office. Uh, she is a, a child in an adult position. She was appointed. She doesn't have a law degree. I'm not even sure if she has a degree. But she's the Secretary of State. And uh, she decided unilaterally to uh, remove Donald Trump from the ballot in Maine. Yeah, and I would assume that Maine Republicans are a little ticked off about it, and they should be. So uh, State Representative John Andrews is moving to impeach uh, her from office uh, from the main primary ballot. It's kind of weird, these Karens getting into office like this, like, I don't know, Katie Hobbs, kind of the same kind of thing. She was the Secretary of State in charge of the, the, the ballots and everything in, uh, in Arizona. Yeah, she was. She was in charge of the election. She recused herself. She didn't recuse herself, I should say. So they're going to uh, file a joint order, and they are going to uh, use whichever proper parliamentary mess, uh, mechanism under Mason's rules to impeach her. And they should remove her from office because she's a, uh, a buffoon and a political tool. Here she is in uh, 2021 discussing election sabotage and the ACLU-SPLC role working to bar Trump from ballots in key states. This is in 2021. This uh, this Karen, this uh, probably multiple cats. I'm assuming she probably has at least, just by the way she talks and her age, 
17 cats, probably 17 cats, but here she is. And uh, Secretary Bellows, would love to hear about your thoughts on like our biggest threats facing uh, our democracy at this point in time. Well, what Secretary Griswold just said and named. Uh, there she is. She's talking up again. Is something that was unimaginable. Oh, my God. You're so stupid. Because anybody that talks like that clearly is so unself-aware that they're totally stupid. Two years ago or 10 years ago, and that is election sabotage, it is a crystal clear example of what's happening all across the country. And what you're doing. So we need to organize to make sure we have better leaders. There she goes. She's talking up again. In positions of power to fight back against that. Uh, Secretary Benson talked about... Okay, I can't listen to her anymore. She's just too stupid to listen to. I can't stand it. I can't handle it. And when I can't handle things, I call on Jim Gossett to do a parody about him. Kind of as Elvis, if you will. I hear all that. Rob well, the Democrats in Maine uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Off the ballot Trump they've taken and they really can't explain the big mistake they're making. Oh, they stepped in it big time. They can't defend it. Supreme should end it. Don't let this happen. Come on, America. Don't let this happen. They ain't gonna Talk let it happen. Democrats in Maine <laughs> like to shred the Constitution. What they're doing is insane Should be in an institution Ballot denying About Trump they're lying We've got to stop them Yes, we must stop them This travesty in Maine Yeah, it's gonna stop It's gonna get reversed Hope the court will say forget it. And obviously we're all hoping that... And that woman with no brain... The Supreme Court will uh, overturn this nonsense, but the left is going to do everything they can. I mean, all you got to do is just imagine the most insane thing that the left could do to keep Donald Trump from being the president, and they will do their level best to uh, make that happen. You know it as well as I do. And I think we're all kind of just freaking done with it. I've had, I've had enough of the abuse. I've had enough of the nonsense for my entire broadcast career. I have witnessed the uh, the crushing of conservatives by the mainstream media. I was thinking over the weekend, over the break, do you know how hard it is to be a conservative in Hollywood? Do you know how dominated uh, by the left that every aspect of our life is? You've got uh, entertainment, music, politics, media, big social media, all completely dominated by the left. Uh, Daily Wire just did a, uh, a, a, a comedy video. It's called Lady Ballers. It's a parody of women's sports. It blew up. It, it blew up. And I give him credit. I think it's great because conservative comedy, which I've been doing for over 30 years of my career, is on the ascension. And I've waited a long time for this. I've watched... As as uh, as the left went after people like Don, uh, like uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh for thirty years, they killed off his advertising. You know, I remember him getting Florida Orange Juice as a sponsor in the early nineties, and the left trying to do everything they could to go after the the producers of Orange Juice because they advertised. They prevented 
Rush Limbaugh from buying the St. Louis Rams because of his politics. They booted him from an NFL uh, position as an NFL uh, play-by-play announcer because he said something about a quarterback uh, and the color of his skin, which probably, uh, you know, it was his opinion and he was entitled to it. That's all. I'll leave it at that. But I've witnessed this for 30 years, and it's still going on, but it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse. I remember 10, 14 years ago, I was going to audition for Oprah's own network. They were looking for people who could entertain, people who could interview people, people who had expertise on different subjects. I personally am really good at cooking. I've been doing it a long time. And I got a call from Mark Burnett's uh, producer, senior producer, Mark Burnett. He was the one who was deciding who's going to be on Oprah's own network. And she called me. I remember the day because I was at the hospital. My son had broken his leg. He was 10 years old. And I pick up the phone. Hey, this is whoever from Mark Burnett. Oh, my God, we just saw your demo. Where have you been all of my life is what she said. Like, hallelujah. Praise God. We found the guy. And then they didn't call back. And then I tried calling them, and I got no response. And I find out it was my conservative cred. It was my uh, Rush Limbaugh on my resume that killed it. And that's what I've dealt with. I See, I wanted to be Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show. That's what I wanted to do. But I discovered, <laughs> mid-90s, I discovered I would never be able to do that because the liberal media, I would never be on ABC, CBS, NBC. I'd never be there because I had already made my bed. I was a conservative. And and we have had to deal with this forever. And finally, things are turning around. That's why I opened up the show today with Dave Chappelle. Last night, I watched Dave Chappelle's new comedy. He did make fun of one Republican. He made fun of... Um, I'm drawing a name on it. Uh, he was just uh, he just lost his election uh, in a wheelchair, young guy. Anyway, I'm drawing a blank. Kind of teased him a little bit. Uh, but his, his comedy was kind of conservative. <laughs> it was kind of conservative. And I think that's I think that's really good news. I think it's it's very good news. I think Americans are waking up, man. They're waking up. They realize they're smelling this nonsense. They're they're smelling this. Why are they working so hard to keep Donald Trump off the ballot? And and listen to this. Hold on. Here's a new poll. Uh, Republicans who believe Joe Biden was legitimately elected in 2020 drops to less than one third. Only 14 percent say Trump was responsible for January the sixth. Huh. This is a Washington Post, University of Maryland poll. 14% of voters find Trump uh, responsible for January the 6th. It comes amid the Colorado and Maine rulings from trying to keep Trump off the ballot in states over the insurrection clause. Kyle Becker reports Donald Trump said he would step down from office within hours of the 2020 election being certified. There was no, ins- if, you know, there was no insurrection. There was no order to overturn the election. There was no incitement of a plea plan riot. There was no coup. Trump called for peace within hours of the January the 6th riots. This caused him to be banned on all major social media platforms in a breathtaking act of big tech collusion that only served to underscore the president's narrative that the election was rigged by the government. Now Biden wants to criminalize calling the 2020 election rigged while he and his cohorts openly rigged the 2024 election. Yeah, yeah. The dirty open secret is that failure to secure the Capitol was not Trump's failure. It was the failure of the FBI, Capitol Police, D.C. Mayor and Pentagon, who all knew what was coming but conveniently failed to act in order to frame up Trump and his supporters. What? What's he saying here? Yeah, but there's an insidious truth suggested by videos of undercover police officers urging Trump supporters to go to the Capitol, as well as Capitol Police opening doors and removing barricades and tear gas being wantonly dispersed into a restrained crowd of Trump supporters. 
The ugly truth is that the federal government wanted to riot in order to obstruct the elected cha- election challenges. Now Jack Smith wants to ban the submission of January the 6th evidence that could exonerate Trump with a fair jury and competent judge. Now, regardless of how you feel about this, I mean, everybody knows there's something going on. Everybody knows why the deep state is terrified of Donald Trump. Everybody knows why, uh, while Trump supporters are being called Nazis, everybody gets it. Everybody gets it. Even David Axelrod knows that, that removing Trump from the ballot for political reasons is very dangerous for the country. All of this is is uh, strengthening uh, him in the Republican primary. We've run this experiment. Uh, you know, he's only gained since he started getting indicted. Uh, you know, what you thought might be kryptonite for him has turned out to be battery packs. And this is a big one uh, <laughs> yeah, for yeah. him. Uh, presumably the Supreme Court will deal with it uh, fairly quickly. And I expect that they will leave him on the ballot. And yes, uh, Brianna, I, I, I have very, very strong reservations about all of this. I do think it would rip the country apart oh, yeah. if yeah. he were uh, actually prevented from running because tens of millions of people uh, want to vote for him. I think if you're going to beat Donald Trump, you're going to probably have to do it at the poll. Yeah, that's what you got to do. But the Democrat Party realizes that they are foundering. They're realizing that their uh, leftist socialist dream, the class of 1968, is imploding. And whenever despot, despots uh, lose at the ballot box... They come up with other ways to stay in power. That's that's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm concerned about. And that's what you're concerned about. It's very clear. It's very clear. I said the other day when when these, uh, well, literally two months ago, I said when all of these anti-Israel uh, protests around the world erupted, I said that was locked and loaded, man. That's their 2020 right there. That's their 2020. They want to do it again. And that's why idiotic things happen like uh, at JFK Airport. They shut down, literally shut down one of the terminals at JFK. Now, this should precipitate them being arrested. Uh, For instance, uh, one of the uh, access to a terminal at at, uh, New York's JFK uh, International was restricted Monday. Monday. Pro-Palestinian protests converge on the airport for a second time in a week. They also sent balloons into the air so planes couldn't take off. That's an act of terror. That should result in all of these uh, dimwits being arrested. But oddly enough, uh, no, no arrests have happened. No arrests. Here's some audio from yesterday uh, on the roads to JFK blocking traffic. Listen, and they said NYPD is KKK. That sounds like the same people who were involved in 2020, don't it? That sounds like BLM. That sounds like Antifa. That sounds like uh, Occupy Wall Street, doesn't it? Yeah, they're the same people. Bought and paid for. Oh, they're going to hor- uh, uh, honk their horns along with it. Okay, now, and this is where I say, and I'm not espousing uh, violence in any way, shape, or form, and I said this during the summer of 2020, uh, it's time for a beatdown. When you do this, when you interrupt traffic, when you stop traffic on a highway, uh, you should expect to get a beatdown because you are endangering the lives of people. 
Uh, did you notice they only go to districts where they know Democrats are control and they won't do anything about it? If they and that's why that's remember that song. Try that in a small town. That would have been a hit in 2020, but it would have been banned. It would have never made it the airwaves. And they tried to make it act like Toby Keith was inspiring violence, but he didn't. All he said was, you guys are all brave and everything when you're blocking roads to JFK, when you're, when you're in Times Square or whatever doing your idiotic protest, when you're on a campus like Harvard, you're all brave and everything. But try that in uh, Kansas City, Kansas. Or, or try that in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, or try that in suburban, you know, whatever. It doesn't happen because they're cowards. They're cowards. And their movement is based on weakness, and we can't be afraid of them. We can't have fear of these people. We can only have resolve. And, and the American people are getting it. They are. They're beginning to get it. They're beginning to get it. But yesterday, uh, New Year's Day, was the latest in a series of protests around the nation calling for a ceasefire since the Israel-Hamas war broke out. Fortunately, Israel sang bleep you to these idiots because of all the raping and murdering that they did. Entry into JFK's Terminal 4 was temporarily restricted Monday afternoon to ticketed passengers, employees, and people with, uh, with uh, authorities consider a valid reason to be there. And, and they're shooting themselves in the foot. And their movement is not gaining any strength. Their uh, childish temper tantrum is not working again, and this time uh, we're going to have to we're going to have to beat it down. We're going to have to we're going to have to take the wind out of their sails and defend our country. Let's take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show. I just got a note from Mark. He said Elvis Presley called the Ivy League the Poison Ivy League in one of his movies in the 50s. I thought I knew everything about Elvis Presley. You didn't know that about me, did you? I know everything about Elvis Presley. He was my idol when I was a little boy. Even though I was just a kid when he was, like, dying, uh, he was my idol. Yeah, I thought I knew everything. Okay, I'll have to look that up. Let's go to Michelle in Baltimore. Hello, Michelle. What's on your mind today? Okay, so thanks for taking my call. Yes. So um, I had the good fortune this morning to hear Carolyn Glick on uh, our newscast, and if you have an opportunity to get her on your program, I would say grab her. She has more information than I could possibly imagine, but here's basically what she said. She talked about the warships that were um, sent over to the Middle East by Biden and that they were uh, a double message. It was either to warn Israel's enemies, don't attack, or to warn Israel, you better do what I'm telling you to do. So we had them sail away today. Okay, and the Houthis, who were very quiet when Trump was in office, not causing a hoot, they are now, they're pirates. They are blocking uh, ships from coming into Israel's port so that they can't get needed goods, and Biden knows all about this. Further, he's trying to unseat uh, Mr. Netanyahu. He's, he's threatening him. I want you to leave office, telling him this is, this is like uh, colonizers, these are, uh, Anti-Semites are calling Israel a colonizer. But, but Biden's point of view is as if he's the colonizer telling the only democratic state in the Middle East, uh, you have to leave office. I don't yeah, want no. you in charge. Yeah, are this, this... That, wait, a little bit more. <clears throat> Let me give you a little more. There are now a militia on Jordan's border. Hezbollah is ready to attack. Okay, really? That's one border. In the north, there's also Hezbollah, and there's troops that have, people have been trained by Iran to come in. And, of course, you know the people of the South, the Gazans. Well, he's the last warning he's giving them, and we know 
that he's paid Iran lots and lots of money, Mr. Biden. He's saying, don't you dare try to take out their oil fields. Don't you dare attack them. And she said this morning that, that Iran is like one step away from having an atomic arsenal complete. Yeah, I know, Michelle. I know, Michelle. Listen, we'll get more into this tomorrow, and I understand your concerns because I have them as well. Uh, and and we do not have a friend of Israel in the in the White House right now. Uh, and we know this because Barack Obama is the puppet master, and Barack Obama is the one who's who denied the Green Revolution in Iran, has allowed the Iran nuclear deal so they could develop nukes. And, and Israel is in peril, and I will tell you personally, I will fight for Israel. And there are millions of people who will in this country. But we have to be there for it. Michelle, we'll talk more about this tomorrow. I do appreciate your phone call, and thank you for calling today. Unfortunately, our our time is nigh today, and there are only so much I can say in three hours. And I think I've, well, I'm looking at the stack that I have here, and I got through about half of it. I always said, you know, I've got, a, I've got a report card from when I was in first grade. It said, talks out of turn, worst after he's missed today. Literally, that's what it was. And that's kind of how I feel every time I come back from vacation. I've got too much to stay and not enough time. But we will have plenty tomorrow. Let's go ahead and take a break, come back and wrap it up. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. All right, so that's going to do it for the show today. You can hear the podcast of this show by going to Newsmax.com slash listen. It's so good to be back, guys. Thank you for being here. I will be here for you this difficult year. Uh, God bless you, Israel, the United States. And until tomorrow, as always, do not catch the stupid. I'll see you then.